0: Okay, so a warm welcome to the Right Place, Right Time podcast created by Place Specialists Thinking Place. I'm John Till, the Founding Director, and in these thought-provoking podcasts, we're wandering into different aspects of place with thought leaders in their own sphere. And today I'm very fortunate to have with me one of the busiest people in local government, Um, Tom Stannard. Tom is Chief Executive of Salford City Council and supports the directly elected City Mayor, improving the lives of Salford's very fast-growing, diverse population of 260,000. And Salford is a a major driver of the growth of the Greater Manchester economy. He's a nationally recognised specialist in local government public service reform, and driving uh, inclusive economic growth. Um, He's also the lead chief exec in Greater Manchester for Economy, Business and International Portfolio. He's a chartered surveyor, a member, and indeed chair of the UK Institute of Economic Development, a commissioner on the Living Wage Foundation, and a policy lead and spokesperson for the Society of Local Authority Chief Execs on climate change and the environment. You clearly don't have a lot of spare time, Tom. (laughs) So anyway, um, let's kick off. Um, And we always like to start with something personal to the person on the podcast, and that is, what would you say is your favorite place in the whole world and
1: why? Well it's great to be here to start with John and um, you know we're all we're all uh, busy people you included I know that full well um, but always good to make time for thinking place to have these conversations so really pleased you asked me along really. Um, I think my favourite place uh, and why is, is is home and for me that's the Lake District uh, in Cumbria. Um, it's almost the antithesis of where I've you know lived and worked uh, for a lot of my career it's not a particularly urban environment it's very very challenged in terms of economic development but it has that combination of place home history heritage and the great outdoors which I love as many people know for for other reasons and I think home is where the heart is and I think um, you know that is definitely a favorite place for me if you were asking me the question about one of my favourite cities, though, which was a kind of alternative take on this, apart from Greater Manchester, obviously, I would uh, I would definitely say Vancouver, which is a place I've visited uh, a number of times and it just combines everything I've just described and more. So Canada and Vancouver in particular, definitely up there from a place-shaping
0: perspective for me. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, well, the lakes is just fabulous. As you say, it's got its challenges, but it's... is. Absolutely breathtaking. Um, so wandering to, I mean, I think Salford is a fascinating place. Um, I, I, I don't know how many people know a lot about it. What I'm sure most know about it is obviously home of the BBC and, you know, because you hear that mentioned so many, many times and and it, it is part of Greater Manchester, but it's very much a successful city in its own right. I'm not sure people know that. How, how's it ended up getting to this? position of such a lot of dynamism and success. yeah I
1: mean it's a it's a it's a a, a long story over a long period of time really um, uh, and I think really what has delivered that success has been a sustained effort in in partnership at driving regeneration and not just pedestrian regeneration, if I can put it that way, but truly kind of transformational rebirth of a city from what it used to be to what it's now become. And I think there is a there is a um, a good story to be told about patience, about political stability, about willingness to have skin in the game from the city council in terms of land and uh, and capital put at risk to gear a lot of those developments around the keys, <clears throat> Media City, the city centre, and more. And I think where Salford has been, you know, immensely successful is really having that sense of aspiration for both transforming an economy from what was, um, uh, you know, Docklands-based, very much heart of the Industrial Revolution, manufacturing-based economy, into a high-tech, digital, residential, city living, and, you know, very much innovation and advanced manufacturing economy of the future. And none of that happens overnight. But even in the relatively short period that I've been living and working in the north of England um, over the last 15 years or so Salford and Manchester City Centre have completely transformed in that period and I think it is testament to a lot of my predecessors at the office level and politically who have led the place through that time but it has been I I think a great case study John of visionary place leadership really and commitment for the long run.
0: And, and, and the interesting bit is that, as you sort of alluding to, it is a real combination of very, very different places and assets. I mean, how, how do you feel they kind of fit together? And I'm interested in what, what are the big plans on the horizon for even more growth?
1: yeah i mean like any uh, like any city like any any borough any district um there is a there is a degree of kind of coherence and, and and logic in the public mind to the city there's also loyalties to constructs that went before Salford came about in the 1970s um local government reorganization the city itself has a very very strong identity and it's a city for good reason it has a long history a longer history than Manchester City itself. Mm. And um, the sense of identity with the old centre of Salford and some of the very nearby suburbs, particularly in Pendleton down at the Quays, um, is very, very, um, very strong. But we're also, as you say, a, a, a place of great contrasts, particularly the inner urban and the um, uh, the suburbs suffering from pretty acute deprivation. And our towns go all the way out to... Little Holton and Walkden on the border with um, Bolton and Earlham and Cadicev, which are on the way out towards Warrington at the other end. So lots of contrast there. And there are major projects in the pipeline, John, in terms of future ambition and aspiration. Media City is only a third or so complete. You probably wouldn't believe that if you went there, but lots to go out there. Salford Crescent, our partnership with English Cities Fund around the university is an absolutely massive regeneration programme for north of England really. We're building on the success of RHS Bridgewater in terms of the tourism visitor economy side of things and we've got a huge residential pipeline and particularly a town centre's agenda in places like Eccles and Swinton, Walkden, Little Holton, as I've mentioned. So there's an absolutely phenomenal uh, development opportunity in Salford as well which makes it a hugely exciting place to be. But balancing all of that growth with the Inclusive growth agenda in mind is very much central to the kind of political ambition and to my own ambition coming into to work for the city council.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and and that's really clear to see. And obviously, you've just recently taken on a new role of chair of the Institute of Economic Development. So congratulations um, for that. And and all the time I've known you, you've been a very passionate um, advocate of of growth and development being place-led and and having a very clear and shared view with the stakeholders about what is that forward-looking view of place? I mean, how important do you see what some might see as marginal as, you know, in driving economic growth?
1: Well, I I think it's absolutely central and and it has to be a, a central kind of prominent feature of doing economic development well and that's you know it's part of our mission in the IED it's part of the mission of the economic regeneration development profession at large I would say and I think what we are trying to get towards in that respect is a more cohesive approach to economic development over the medium to long term that has to be place led You have to put together ingredients around your economic uh, shortfalls and the issues you've got to tackle, your economic opportunities, and particularly community and place identity. And I know this is a conversation you and I have had over many years now, John, but I think that sense of identity and taking the community with you on that journey is essential. One of the things we argue against in the IED space is, that more kind of short-term piecemeal approach to economic development, which doesn't lend itself to really taking local communities with you on that journey, but also to what I described earlier in the conversation, which is that longer-term prospective kind of gamble and risk-taking that um, economic development region inevitably involves for places. And I think, you know, local political leaders, senior leaders in and around the profession, the IED and bodies of that nature you know, we want to be in this game for communities for the long run, and that absolutely lends itself to, you know, a place-led approach to regeneration over the over the medium term. So yeah, place is essential, and communities are an essential part of that, and that's really the glue that kind of brings that together. And the IEDs are great. You know, it's another plate to spin. I think as you're suggesting, yeah. <laughs> on top of everything else, but but it is a great um kind of home for where a lot of that thinking comes together with practitioners who are who are steeped in this stuff like myself over the years
0: and have you have, have you seen a change in the role of place say in the last ten years is it getting more important or less important
1: um I think it is getting more important in in both practice and in the you know the national narrative around economic development and I think practitioners have found that story of place and assembling that story of place a much, much more important part of, you know, really forming the backdrop to a whole range of economic development interventions, whether that's built environment, whether it's, you know, community-based regeneration, or whether it's work and skills and and, and labour market um, uh, interventions. And I think as well in national government, whatever other you know criticisms might be made of the approach to national government on this over the years the leveling up agenda in a sense for me is a is is really an important statement about place it's about equalization and it's about trying to work towards eradicating those disparities between places and i think in a slightly kind of roundabout way i think you can make a strong argument for saying leveling up in theory is a place-led approach to regeneration the practice and implementation of that is obviously something that is you know hotly debated as we know um but yeah i think that i think the gears have shifted on that and i think what's reassuring to me in in the chief exec role and in the ied role that we 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 spoke about before is place-led approaches are becoming much much more common currency in and around the profession and i think that is I think that is a good thing because that lends itself to something that is longer term and has more traction with local communities.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, the interesting bit of course, there's been a lot of talk about the role of anchor institutions and the benefit that they can give to place, which through everything from procurement to whatever to the staff that they have is clearly, they clearly are important. I wonder where you see the role of the wider stakeholders in terms of moving the place forward
1: yeah I, I i mean lots lots to say about that really i think the um the anchor institutions are absolutely essential really and and councils um local partnerships can't work in 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 isolation on any of these interventions really I think as well as all of our known community stakeholders the, the, is, is partly taking the big anchor institutions with you in, in Salford, our obvious examples are Peel, our private development partner at Media City, range of other big private sector players in the regeneration market, also the university and the city college, so your big learning and skills institutions, and having a university and an HEI, an established HEI, and the doorstep is a really, really important part of that environment, and also the hospital, and the NHS, and yep. we're all uh, uh, steeped in that uh, side of um, the day job as well. So I think those anchor institutions have got to be key. But again, we all what w- what I think drives us and brings us together is that sense of wanting to deliver regeneration for the medium to long term for local communities if you ask people at the hospital what drives them it's local community if you ask them at the university if you ask them in the private sector it's very similar private sector developers want to develop place they don't just want to develop assets with a margin and you know I, i think that is a a really important part of the fabric so you know anchors have to be important and where they are you know where they are fledgling or where they're non-existent i also think it's the you know, really important role of economic development practitioners to help to develop them, to strengthen your local university or your local college, to, to help to work, to strengthen the local NHS infrastructure, because those anchors will be key to delivering that consistency in the approach to regeneration over the medium term.
0: And are, are the anchors, and thinking about businesses and other players and education, are they also a big part of, externalizing the message and you know because obviously councils you're hugely busy with an internal agenda and etc do you kind of need them in a way to get the message out through their networks
1: Definitely. Um, You know, they are a a key part of how we socialize that and of how we take that message to um, the market, really. So if we're pitching at, uh, you know, Mipim or or Reef or any other kind of expo of that nature, the more we can do that jointly on a platform with the private sector, with the learning and skills sector and others, um, the better. But they're massive employers, you know, they're massive employers as well. And amplifying that message with residents through anchor institutions is key. So it's not just coming from the council and they are makers of place and makers of people's homes and communities. If you look at the way we've worked with um, developers like Muse and ECF on what we've done around the, the Crescent and Chapel Street in particular, you know, the, the, these these companies are building and developing communities in people's homes. So I think their connection to the, you know, the the actual place-shaping agenda as it's experienced in the public mind is really, really important. So, yeah, they're not just converts to the cause, but they're, they are, um, I think, ambassadors and a key part of that whole movement of taking the city and the community with you on the uh, regeneration journey.
0: And one thing you touched on earlier is um, those wonderful two words levelling up. And you said kind of implicitly that ought to be place-led and obviously it seems to be remain a key government initiative. Do you see evidence of it working? Is it the right approach from your perspective?
1: I think I would say in, in simple terms, John, I think some of it is working within the obvious limitations that the policies kind of couched within. we all know it is a it, it's time limited it's a small ish pot of um capital intervention money um and we know it's not there really as something that has a a, a kind of five to ten year plus horizon attached to it and i think um Some of it is working in that respect. You know, myself in Salford, we've been beneficiaries of the first round of that in one of our uh, significant infrastructure schemes at the university, um, Salford Rise. Other colleagues within GM and beyond have been as well. So we're not sitting here saying, you know, there is no benefit to come from those funds. I think, though, what we're calling for, and certainly what I've called for as the chair of the um, IED on this, is a longer term approach to the allocation of the balance of the fund that's left for round three, that's an additional billion pounds. There's 400 odd unsuccessful projects still in the pipeline waiting to be delivered. And I do think, you know, the localist in me, as well as the place shaper in me says, you know, that should be a much more devolved approach than the central yeah. micromanaged um, project adjudication stuff we've had to date. So we would back, leps combined authorities coming to the fore in that respect a clearer uh, approach to regional allocations and letting regional leaders manage and adjudicate the allocations to intervene over a longer term period the question of the size of the pot is a is a wider issue the question of the relationship of that pot to other funds that matter in terms of local regeneration particularly in and around um, education and skills i think remains to be answered but you know i am an optimist as well as a pragmatist you wouldn't work in these uh worlds if you weren't really i don't think and 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 that part of me at least says you know leveling up is in principle about place shaping is starting to make some meaningful interventions in there but you know there is still a way to go and um you know we are obviously here in salford and in the id capacity ready to work with Government to help redesign what comes next if that opportunity is um, available,
0: and kind of alongside the whole leveling up is we are in such a a situation of a plethora of pots, and you know it's a bit of a hot potato, isn't it, at the moment, and certainly has been in terms of discussion about you know places having to bid competitively often against their neighbours, colleagues, etc., and the amount of time and cost that that takes. And I, I wonder where you, as, as the Chief of Salford, and also from an IED perspective, are on all these pots.
1: We absolutely think it can and should be rationalized. And we think that whole landscape is perfectly capable of rationalization. The most sensible way to do that is in partnership with um, the sector. I don't just mean local government, but I mean all of those involved um, the anchor institutions and others in local economic development. The the IED is a good kind of family place to start for that. People with good experience and good brains on this like thinking place should be involved in that <laughs> conversation as well, I would say, John. But, you know, I think I think the, um, the landscape is absolutely capable of um, rationalisation and I would say as well, I know there are people, and I know a lot of people on the inside track in government, not just in DLUC, but in um the business department within Homes England and elsewhere, who are also very, very keen to kind of press that conversation and be part of designing a more um, stable, a less onerous in terms of the bidding cycle um, and longer-term approach to intervention. It, you know, and the key in all of this comes back to exactly that word it's intervention because economic development always requires a form of intervention you know even in very very vibrant um healthy and economically productive markets with high land values there is always an intervention required to get something started yeah. in our situation in much of the north of England it often requires intervention to um, address viability deficits and you know we need a a consistent considered bigger impactful and and a more meaningful long term approach to that so i am absolutely on the side of um you know let's get this right let's let's redress some of those shortfalls in the bidding culture and so on that we've all not just got a bit tired of but frankly wasted quite a lot of time and public money on But I think, you know, we are pragmatists and we are here to help government to redesign that sensibly. And that's certainly the offer from, um, from myself and colleagues, um, in the IED and elsewhere on this.
0: And I guess finally, as we look ahead, I mean, economically, it feels incredibly challenging for individuals, families, places, as we look ahead into 2023 and beyond, do you see? some chinks of light do you see some opportunities which we can grasp
1: yeah i think the um i I think there is um optimism in this and you have to stay on the side of optimism to work for this long and to have a you know a, a commitment to the future in this whole area of work around um place led development and regeneration so I think business confidence is still there. Investor confidence is still there. In many ways, the business and investor confidence also wants to have a much more um, stable investment environment to operate in, um, stable from the point of view of government um, initiatives and interventions, and stable in terms of all those key um, local factors that we've talked about um, before, political stability, anchor institutions, and more besides, creates a you know, very, very, um, kind of vibrant, um, environment, and I think the key thing is, you know, you, you, you should never give up the ghost on this. Um, we all know, and Salford's story that we started with is a great example of this. That regeneration is always, I think, a, a, a process and a journey. It doesn't ever stop. It reinvents itself over time. You know, the first twenty years of Salford's um, post-industrial. Regeneration story is the beginning, not not the end of that. And I think the tendency to think about regeneration only is about this project, that project or the next project doesn't lend itself to that. You know, the whole, um, you know, the whole kind of dictionary definition of regeneration is about something that's kind of constantly reinventing itself. So I think for the profession, we should keep that in mind, keep that in our hearts, stay on the side of optimism, work with the anchor institutions, create where we can The conditions of stability for um the private sector to grow and flourish and work in partnership with us. Um, but ultimately, John, you know, have that community-focused, place-focused approach to inclusive economic growth in mind. And that's really what gets us all out of bed on the side of the optimists anymore, isn't it?
0: (laughs) We're all on the side of the optimists. Right. No, that's that's brilliant, Tom. I really appreciate your, your insight. I know how incredibly Um, busy you you are. So some really great thoughts, I think, for people to take on board. So thanks very much for that.
1: Always good to talk, John. Thanks.